You're listening to a podcast from the Finnish Football Show. Yes, it's the Finnish Football Show. I'm Mark Wiltshire, joined today by Rich Nelson. Hi, Rich. Hello. And the main Baycalf's Liga, the main series of the Baycalf's Liga season is now kind of at that 30% stage. So we're going to kind of focus mainly on what's going on in the Baycalf's Liga this episode. Um, who are the slightly surprising new league leaders? Um, who are already struggling to catch up? And who are striving for that mid-table safety? Um, to answer these questions, we're going to be joined by Ali and also by listener Jamie, who are going to talk to us about their teams, which is Hoyiko and Ilves, respectively. Um, they're not here, so I did a bit of extracurricular, Rich, and uh, got on the Zoom with them this afternoon, and uh, we'll we'll edit them seamlessly into the show. Yes, your license fees paying well for this, yeah, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Um, and we'll also take a look at the uh, Sawman Cup. Now we're heading into round five, and got a little, fun, little, little fun uh, experience that I had following the local Sawman Cup games uh, around here. Uh, I'll tell you about four games and four home defeats when we uh, when we get onto that. Uh, but I reckon. The referee's blown his whistle, and we'll start with the Vakehouse League. And I think we'll we'll go through Vakehouse League, Rich, and run that up until the ads, and then we'll we'll do some selling, and then come back and do a bit of Salmon Cup and other bits and pieces at the end. Beautiful, beautiful. So we're recording this on Monday, 29th of May. There the was Vakehouse League game yesterday, I think, or Saturday, which was. Mariaham nil, Hoyikor nil. Uh, and that leaves the table at the moment. Well, it's quite uneven, the number of, of games people have played. And maybe we'll talk a little bit about that shortly, Rich. But currently, um, and this gives me great pleasure to say this, <laughs> in first place is Asikor, uh, with 20 points from eight games, um, six wins, two draws, no defeats, and only two goals conceded as Anyone from the club will tell you anytime they write something on social media. But I think everyone's kind of rightly proud of where where things are going at the moment. Um, in second place right now, well, second and third, uh, Hoye, Kaur and Coops uh, with, with 10 games and 19 points each. And I think the the goal difference is... Yeah, Hoye, Kaur got, I think, uh, is it five, five better... Yeah, that's right. Plus yeah. plus eleven against plus six, so it's it's pretty tight up there. And then there's a bit of a gap down to Olu in fourth with fourteen points from nine, and Honka in fifth with twelve points from ten. Um, and maybe we'll talk about some of the other places when we, uh, rather than me reading a list of of names and names and numbers. Um, Rich, do you, do you want to start? We we we. We'll try to get this new format going. So, listener, if you are a follower of one of the Bakehouse Liga teams, particularly like watching watching the games regularly, and you've got something that you could bring to the show about your team, then join in. You know, we put a shout out about this in the in the Facebook page and the Facebook group. 
Um, and that's why uh, Jamie is joining us this time to talk about Ilves. But we want others, any any of the other Vakeaf Liga teams, so we get a little bit more of a, I don't know, a personal connection rather than us just reading stuff from the internet and parroting it back to you. So, um, but maybe Rich, we'll start about start with with Coops because the season started really badly, but something's clicked. Yeah. Um, so the first, well, I mean, I, I talked about it before. I think after the the winter and, and losing Simo Valakari and um, his assistant Pazituti stepped up or was given the job as as coach, um, lost two and drew of uh, one of his three games in charge, was summarily sacked after three games and and did a very fine interview with uh, Helsing and Sanamat. Lots of photos of him walking around Corpio looking really sad, like a music video <laughs> from the 80s. I think I said it looked like a Richard Marks video. Um, but um, y- Yanni Honkavara came back. Um, he was the coach of Cups when uh, they won the title in 2019. He left Cups to go to Asiko, funnily enough, and had two reasonable years there. And then yeah, got I, I think so, yeah. yeah. He did. He did okay. And he was on the. Well, he got he got as you got back into Europe. Yes, he came for third. example in, at the end of his yeah. second year. So. Yeah. So he, he came. He did something and then came third at, at Asicor. And he was working at the FA as a kind of coaching coach, um, basically. And he came back in and straight away. And and I suppose fortunately as well, Urho Nisila, who'd returned to the club from uh, Korea, was then match fit at the same time. Uh, so as Honkavara came back into team, Nisila was fit and they won six in a row in the league um, and only conceded one goal in that six games to, to Hoika. And, and they were looking, I mean, it's difficult to say really because it was hard under under Tutti. He knew the players and everything, but they, they also lost two, two really big names over the, well, more than that, actually. I was going to say, you were quite worried about the, the, the number of players leaving versus the mm. number coming in in the closed season. Yeah, so um, Diego Thomas left, Tim Bowen left, Yanis uh, Ikauniak left, and um, not really anyone at the time of much quality sort of to, to replace them. And and even now, you're kind of looking to see, other than Nisila, where the goals are coming from. And, and they're coming from elsewhere. So Juna Vettely um, has got a couple as well. Uh, of course, he then went on to miss a penalty on on Friday at Asico. But the team were just looking so much more organised and confident. And, and it sounds simplistic from my point of view to say a coach who really had the confidence and knew what he was doing, rather than you know we, we see in football all the time going back donkey's years, like going back to Brian Clough and Peter Taylor, the assistant. Mm-hmm. He might have been a brilliant number two, mm-hmm. but you know stepping up and you know and, and I mean Cups have a lot of issues off the pitch um, financially. They're you know, heavily bankrolled by the, the president of the FA. Um, there's a, a really long struggle to get a new stadium uh, as well. And, you know, there, there's there's money there, but it's whether it's been spent properly, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I think, they, you know, six wins in a row was was really, really impressive. But um, I think they, they really need a centre-forward, someone who can get them sort of 10, 15 goals for the season, because I think that's where that, that's going to undo them. Come the end, and I mean, going to Asico at the weekend was you know, definitely the two form teams of the season so far. And I mean, I said in a preview of the game, it was going to be you know edgy and and the, the two, I want to say, cancelled each other out, but it's definitely kind of a clash where they were at a similar level. And 
it was it was tight and I mean, oh, even, it, even did, did you watch did you watch the game yourself? I just the highlights, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, yeah. it, it was I mean it was exactly that they were they were two really strong teams. Actually, both quite small teams. Sutter pointed that out. There were there weren't many. A couple of big centre backs for uh, Coops and you know a couple of of taller players, maybe String and Radetzky for for Senioki, But but you know but just two teams that just battled and mm. it wasn't it wasn't dirty particularly uh but it was really physical and it was interesting to see players of sort of uh, or players like Nisila and uh, Oxenen who are skillful players ball carrying players but they were just getting stuck in and there were some real fair crunching tackles it was a lot of fun and I I, I maybe maybe well, I don't know about a purist, but but my stepson Topia said uh, uh, it was a, a bit boring. There wasn't much going on, and it's like well, there wasn't much going on in the penalty boxes. That's true, but there it was. There was a lot to take away from that game, and I think it's it said it said quite a bit about how much Asiko have improved this year as well. Um, you're right. There was the missed penalty. It was a poor penalty, really. Um, well saved. Goalie goes the other way, you get away with it. But if he goes the right way, then it's it's saved. And then a uh, a goal. What, what what do you think about the Asikor goal? Yeri Streng ran through, and it almost looked like he backheeled it up over over the <laughs> defender. If you're being generous, say he backheeled it over the defender. And if you're being cynical, you say it bounced off his foot and popped up in the air. And then he sort of go on. on another day. Yeah, that would have that would have gone six yards over the bar or bounced off for a throw-in or something. Yeah, or gone backwards just... towards towards the, yeah. the, the player behind um, him. Strength, Strength, since he's come back to Finland, is, he's looking pretty pretty good. Um, I think a, a good run of games and, and stuff that we saw some potential in him before he went off to the States and uh, he's come back a, a new man. Yeah, and, and that's, a, that's a good point. Like that, that goal he scored, that running through, I think all three of his Vegas League goals have been kind of similar. And I think I talked about this in the last show. He's scoring like that. And um, uh, Jaime Moreno is scoring goals in and around the box and, and in and around the six-yard box as well. So it's quite a good quite a good combination. They're not scoring a ton of goals yet, but they're certainly moving in the right direction. That's That's for sure. Yeah. And, um, I mean, the goal that uh, Moreno scored against uh, Cortepe, in the the week before was probably a very well worked free kick routine from from Gask. Um, I know we talked about him on the last episode, um, and and things like that where you know you, you only have to get lucky once. I suppose it's that old old adage about policing, really, isn't it? You know, the, mm. the criminals have to get it right every time. And the old bill have to get it just lucky once. But um, it, I mean, it worked really well, and and I've been really impressed by Gask. I know he's really highly rated by the um, by the academy coaches um sort of a year or two ago mm. and um and he's come in re- and, and looked really good um and marina i think after he looked okay in the league at cup and i think took a, a few games in the league to, to really get his, his himself going and is he a nicaraguan yeah he, yeah he scored he scored 27 goals in his last full season in the nicaraguan nicaraguan league which mm. you'd have to expect is probably similar sort of standard <laughs> to bakehouse league so okay. if he can you know he should should be able to find the back of the net, and uh, he's, he's very much a six-yard 
penalty box player, isn't he? Um, as a finisher, yes, but also he works ever so hard around the around the box. So he's they're, they're closing down. I mean, uh, this is this is clearly Joaquin Gomez theory. Now, now we we seem to have moved on a little bit to Asiko. If you've got anything else to bring about about Coops before we do that, no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> Had they won, I'd have been all over. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Nothing to say. <laughs> Move on. Um, uh, this this uh, ethos where the team has been allowed to evolve from last year. We talked about there weren't that many players in. There were some out. There were some in. Macario Hinglove has already been sold, having come in in the closed season, and and not been directly replaced because there's players there in the in the squad. And and we talked about having this very young team, very young squad, and three teams now playing in the in the Finnish league system. Um, and they just they just seem stronger. Um, Gask coming into the central midfield has freed up. I mean, I, 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 I okay, let's say that he's freed up Jake Dunwoody. Dunwoody is now so much more involved this year than he was last year. He scored once, but he's just looks like a better player. Um, probably playing the role that he's better at playing, mm. you know. Um, but there's you look at the bench and there, there seems to be in this part of the season a a settled first team and it doesn't include puru hanula yet at the moment doesn't include diego rojas like you look at the bench and there's players that can come on and make a difference and that's you know young young players but still can come on and make a difference there's no big superstar there and they're fighting and they they look really well organised and they look really hard to play against as well. And there was the uh, Sorman Cup game that they lost. More details coming later. <laughs> um, but the team was changed and possibly, difficult to tell, but possibly the formation was changed as well and it just didn't work. Um, so they went back to this, this what's becoming tried and trusted formation and they're solid. Letting two goals in eight games. Mm. It's, it's fantastic. It's, it's yeah, really, really stunning. And I said to uh, about a week ago, I said to Julian, I said, "Oh, I'm really looking forward to this Coops game on Friday." And he said, "Yeah, me too." I can't remember the last time I said that. I'm looking forward to going <laughs> and watching football. It's kind of getting that getting that buzz back as well. So it's um, yeah, I feel positive. I, I think I said this earlier this year. I feel positive, and I didn't trust myself to saying it, but. So far, so good. It has been a long time coming. Um, and I think it's it's interesting to see, and again, uh, you know, my other hat on, yes, I, I'm an Arsenal fan, and you're seeing a lot of parallels. And I don't know if this is a, a culture thing in coaching. And, you know, I guess coaching, you know, the, the bright coaches these days all seem to be Spanish, whereas mm -hmm. at, at one point there were other nationalities. And, and, um, uh, and Kenny Gomez has taken on certainly a lot from the, the kind of outwardly anyway, like he's, he's acting like Mikel Arteta in the way he speaks, the way he acts in, in the press and, and publicly, um, you know, and, and even he, he did a tweet, I think it wasn't after the Cups game, it was after one of the other ones they won. And it was very much, you know, this kind of free word mantra yeah, in a way that yeah. Arteta has, you know, commitment, passion, all that stuff. The club and, has five words and it's like relentless, horrible family. Horrible. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. it. Yeah. And I think he, he was, he's tweeting that. And, and every time the team, and it's and again, becoming like a, one for the kids here, like David O'Leary's leads 
back in sort of 20 years ago it's like oh my young team mm. and every tweet is youngest team in the league youngest team in the yeah. league and it's like you know proud of I mean it is a smallish first team squad anyway but they are young and there are some academy graduates now starting to come through because you know for, from the outside looking in there were some jobbing traveling players coming in mm. from all, all over the world and sort of staying there for six 12 months and then heading off again to go but um but again that that was kind of um but she really seems to have got this kind of system in place and I, I wonder if that's how they managed to get an Arsenal player on loan um you know this whatever network they have or whatever they picked up I mean I, I doubt Mikel Arteta knows much about Ovi uh Area Harry but even so you know that he's he's obviously well regarded and he's doing fantastically well and I mean it'll be a shame to see him have to go back to England in what six weeks or so. Yeah, I mean it's a similar situation with Nistola, I guess. He's there at Coops for until the summer. And it's the same with Ogieri. But I wonder, I wonder if things are going well, if they'll want him to stay and if he'll want to stay and try and win try and win something. Like get that fully competitive, mm. you know, winning mentality. Or if they might say, Yeah, come back in July or whatever and um, we'll get you a championship club in August. I don't know. Yeah, I I, but, I don't think he's he's quite there for for like a. I mean, he possibly like a league one or league two. Side. Yeah, and maybe that's you're the right. thing yeah. is yeah. is that the clubs put in these clauses in loans where they have to play. Yeah, you know, certainly in in league matches anyway. And I mean, he's come in and and yeah, I mean, again from from the outside of that first couple of games, he looked like oh my god, you know, he's used to playing non-league. In England, was it Chelmsford? Or Chelmsford, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but again, you know, coming to England, uh, coming to Finland, and remember the year that Asiko won the league, and they got uh, what was it Alan from Liverpool? Yeah, that's Finland right. It's Bologna. a similar, similar kind of comparison. I was thinking, yeah, about Alan, you know, Alan D'Souza. Yeah, and he came in for three or four months, mm. and you know, it's just plenty of jokes about Alan Key to title and all that stuff. But it was just, you know, he came in and and you know didn't go on to do an awful lot else afterwards but after he went back to Liverpool but but even so I mean it was just that little burst of the professionalism you get from an elite club and all that and I think uh, you know it will be interesting to see what happens I mean it's, it's not a one-man team and you know as a goalkeeper they'll, they'll find another one but I'd have to I'd have to say Rich I, I still don't know if he's a good goalkeeper um, mm. because the defence has been so so tight he hasn't had many saves to make. And, yeah. you know, there's not been a game where he's pulled off like three or four worldies and kept us in it. They just haven't had the opportunities. Um, I, the one, the one criticism I have is that when the ball, they want to play the ball, at, you know, in their own box with their feet and all of that, like him and the defenders. And often he seems to stop the ball dead. And then it's like under his feet. And I, I get nervous that he's going to get closed down. So it did happen in a couple of early games. Yeah. Um, whereas you want, you know, the ball comes to you, keep it moving, move it away. And, you know, you're not going to get it, get it stuck. But it's a, it's a minor thing. And, yeah. but I, I don't know. He, he could be very good. He's going to go away from Sainioki if he leaves in July with a really good record behind him. And I, you know, I don't know. I've seen him make many saves. I mean, as an Arsenal fan, I mean, he's not going to come back and get in the first team squad. But you kind of think, what what's the benefit of him coming back to England and playing for 
I know it's going to sound horrible to someone, Leighton Orient, mm. for, you know, unless he plays in every Leighton Orient game, then might as well keep him where he is at a team yeah. that's top of the league and yeah. playing, you know, and then get to November and then come back. You know, then, you know, he may have, you know, it's looking likely, I mean, actually should get in the top three at the very least. So there's a mentality thing there. And I don't know if, if that's something the club are monitoring closely enough or not. I mean, I'm certainly monitoring, but whether the decision makers get a say or not, I don't know. But, um, but yeah, fair play. Talking about the top three, um, Hoyiko are obviously there at the moment in between Asikor and Coops. And uh, Ali's not with us this evening, but I caught up with him earlier today and he's going to give us a bit of a summary on Hoyiko's season so far. Ali, over to you. Thanks, Mark. It's been a mixed bag uh, for Hoyiko so far uh, this season. Started off pretty strongly, I felt, for the first few games, which usually doesn't always happen. Uh, normally, Hoyako sort of start off a little bit slowly, but the first few games were good. But in the last couple of weeks, I think we've really seen, uh, uh, I, I guess, the frailties within the side and, and the slight weaknesses. Um, I, I think I said on either the last pod or the pod before that my concern is always uh, with Hoyako scoring goals or at least having... Uh, uh, a man up front who can put the ball in the back of the net. Um, I have to say, I, Radulovic, I've I have been impressed with him uh, in sort of uh, the odd game here and there. I mean, anything's really an upgrade on Malik from from last year. Um, so I, I'm not I'm not totally going to write him off because every time I watch him, at least live, he's a, he always looks you know physical and he is impressive. Um, and does know where the goal is, um, but he does need a little bit of help. Um, so, yeah, my overall uh, sort of grading would be maybe a B, a B minus at the moment, uh, if we're going to yeah go back to some old school grading. <laughs> so, like, what, when you say um, not not having a striker, it wasn't such a problem last year, was it, for Hoyiko? Is this something that's been going on longer? It feels like uh, the last couple. I mean, well, last year what was good for Hoyakko is there was a, the goals were being spread around the team, uh, particularly from midfield um, and out wide. Uh, we've obviously lost a little bit of that. Uh, David Brown last season always seemed to score really important goals. Um, I've, I've still noticed he's a free agent. I'm not really sure what's happening there. Why Hoyakko maybe don't go back into him because he does sort of seem to be the type of creative midfielder that could be really useful in the team. Um, yeah, I mean, it can all, almost go back a couple of years, even before that, with the Risky brothers um, just not being able to stay fit, really. And I think it's sort of, for, from you know where, where I'm sort of standing, it, it sort of feels like the injuries that they have had over the years and obviously getting older, there just hasn't really been... Uh, a solid and consistent replacement for them. They've tried, obviously tried to get, yes, I've done a bang on about Malik, um, but, you know, on paper, he could have been good. He wasn't. Uh, Radulovic would play when Malik wouldn't last year, occasionally would play pretty well. I'm quite happy with him moving forward, but he does need help from other players in the team. And 
you said that the season started well. How's it been in the last couple of days or the last couple of games that you've that you've seen? Uh, two draws. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, obviously the trip up to Tampa there to play Ilves, um, and just got a draw. The ninety fourth minute, Radulovic, um, and that that game was incredibly underwhelming. Uh, I usually the story of Horikor, uh don't win or don't play well. They always have, you know, more shots still. They have a lot of possession. That's just, yeah, the sort of team that they are when they play against teams like Ilves in the Vakehouse Liga. Um, but you look at the stats and it just, it was so underwhelming and it wasn't even our Hoyak got what they deserved. I mean, they probably didn't deserve to, to lose the game, but I mean, to get a, a 94th minute winner, at, at Ilves, you know, there's certainly some kind of alarm bells ringing there. A 94th uh, minute equaliser. Equaliser, sorry, yes. Did, did I say winner? Sorry, you did, was, yeah. Wishful that was what I would, was what I would have, yeah, would have liked it to be. Um, and uh, I, I think also there was a little bit of experimenting with the the team lineup over the past few weeks as well. Um, I mean, yes, the Urst has. Drop, dropped out of uh, of the number one spot. I'm sure he'll come back in uh, at some point. Um, and then, yeah, most recently, the uh, trip to Mariham. Nil-nil. Didn't really seem to create too much. I mean, there were more shots than there were the week before against Ilves. Um, but yeah, just another underwhelming performance. And I, I, I tipped Mariham to go down this year. Um, they're, li so, they're living up to that prediction so far. They are, yeah, and I, I think that's what makes that result even more frustrating. Is that we knew they wouldn't. They, we we know what they are. We know that they were going to be battling relegation all season. They've lived up to that hype, uh, and yeah, just to not score against that defense is uh, yeah, it was definitely a disappointing afternoon. But it was also the gift that hopefully will keep on giving for the other teams at the at the top of the table. Well, yeah, and and it definitely makes uh, Saturday's game uh, even more exciting. Hoyakor versus Ashiakor. I mean, it's not quite you know the title decider at this stage of the season, but I think it's going to be a really interesting to see what happens in that game because Hoyakor need at least a performance. Um, I'm not going to say that if they lose that uh, it's a, a club in crisis, not at all. But, you know, your your team, Ashikora, was, it's a point ahead, but with two games in hand at this stage of the season, that's looking pretty healthy. So I think for Hoyakor, it, it's really important that they go into that game, give a proper performance because the performances have dipped in the last few weeks and um, definitely not to lose that game. Yeah, I mean, a, a win there for Asiko would put them uh, four points ahead of Hoyiko with three games in uh, with two games in hand. Sorry, so that's it, it's a decent it's a decent position. Uh, obviously, Hoyiko have got European football starting soon as well. It's not the best preparation. Yeah, and that, that's been my worry um, this season. Is you know, last year it was such a great. European adventure, you know, getting through three or four qualifiers, knocking out some pretty decent teams and and competing in the Europa League as well. I mean, I was at 
know, two out of the three of the home games and Hoyakor really raised their standard, which is a really, you know, positive thing, not just for the club, but also for Finnish football as well. And something that, you know, hopefully other clubs can look at and be like, no, do you know what? We can compete against, you know, the Romers, the Real Betises, etc. Um, this year, I am a little bit concerned about even getting to the Europa Conference League. I don't think the team is playing uh, particularly well. I think, obviously, we've highlighted the lack of goals, but I think we're still lacking someone that can dictate uh, the play in the midfield. I mean, Hetemai can do it, but I mean, he's about 55 now, isn't he? So <laughs> I don't really want to rely on him. Uh, Lingman is obviously back, hasn't really got going yet, but I, I, I trust Lingman that, you know, if he does get a good run of games under his belt, that he could be that player that could take the game by the scruff of the net. But I will be at all the, the qualifier games in the summer. Um, hopefully there'll be more than one or two, because um, I think it's quite important for Hoyakor to really give those European qualifiers a good go. It's also important for the rest of the Vakehouse League that they don't earn too much money and try and stretch away from the rest of us too much. So um, obviously the Finnish football show will be cheering on all the Finnish teams to go as far as they can in Europe. Um, but the Asikor fanning me hopes they don't get too far ahead. Also, yeah. <laughs> okay, Ali, that's that's perfect. Thanks a lot for uh, for getting together a little bit earlier in the day, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. See you, Mark. Thank you. Okay, so yeah, as I as I said, I want all of the Vakehouse Liga teams to do well in Europe this year, but I don't want them to get too far ahead of the pack. Um, Rich, how, how are you feeling regarding the, the other the other Vakehouse Liga teams that might be going into Europe or are going into Europe this year? Um, I'm, I mean, I'm surprised with Honka. Um, they they lost two of their best players in in the winter in in Modesto and Sadiku. Um, they're very on and off at the moment. It's um, I mean, they signed Roman Eremenko. He got sent off on his debut uh, against Hakka. And then they went to Olu and won quite impressively. And then they lost the court. They played at the weekend. Um, I I mean, it's difficult with the, the money that came in for those players and, you know, Honker, when you compare them to where they were nine or ten years ago when they effectively went bust. You know, I mean, this is a much more solid team and whatever their ownership structure is, it's hard to say. But they, there's a lot more going for them than, than there was. But there's just there isn't anything like there was last year. And I think going into conference league qualifying, when you look at, I mean, Cooks are going to the second qualifying round, but Honker and Hacker are going to round one. I, it's not very promising because Hacker have the same issue. I mean, they they lost Lee Irwin in the winter, replaced him with uh, uh, Juan Lescano, the Argentinian who's, who's scoring goals. But other than that, I mean, they're not really pulling up too many trees either. And, and you kind of think, it's it's difficult to look at them and think again. I I haven't got the list of potential opponents in front of me. I don't think it's been mm. finalised yet. But but even so, Honka and Hacker are really going to have to pull themselves together in the next six weeks or so if if they're going to have any chance of getting through to the second round. Yeah, I mean, and and I think as as Ali was just saying, Hoyukor's season is very hit and miss, and they really need to to get firing 
to be competitive, even in those first first games, let alone you know trying to push themselves through to group stages of, of you know whichever whichever competition they might push through to the group stages of whether they're you know Europa League or Conference group stages. Um, I think for me, Cordeb has been one of the one of the pleasant surprises so far in that they're they're currently sitting eighth um two wins three draws and and four defeats nine points out of nine um and like you said causing causing problems for for the the teams that are around them and and you know make staking a claim already to to be sort of safe and mid table albeit it's a very early early stage of this of the season yeah, I mean that they made a lot of signings over the winter, but um, they, they... well, wasn't there a connection with a a, a club somewhere else? Uh, Venezia, yeah. So yes. they they signed some sort of partnership with Venezia, and they took three players on on loan from there. Um, and to be fair, I mean that when they were up last time, they they didn't do much at all. Really, they they were pretty poor and and went straight back down. But I mean, they were already getting points on the board um, and benefiting so far, at least from from teams below them not being particularly well, but they have played nine games compared to Inter have played six and Lafty have played seven. So they, uh, until the fixture list kind of evens itself out a little bit, um, we don't we, we don't really know. But as I say, point, points on the board, a point a game isn't dreadful. Um, and yeah, they've, they've won a couple and I don't know, it'd be, it's nice, you know, they're a club from you know, historically fairly strong and yeah, last time they, it was just it was quite painful to watch them last time. But at least mm-hmm. now they they they're giving it a bit of a go. They're, I mean, their social media game is pretty good as well. So it's nice to see that kind of creativity if it's on the pitch as well. Then uh, fair play. Well. And uh, the the game that you mentioned before, where uh, Ashley called one two nil, but that wasn't an easy win. It felt like a a well earned win and a and a really valuable win. At the at the time, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, they held Cups and and Hoyikot to draws there. I mean, Cups was early in the season when Cups were were not as good, but Hoyikot was only two or three weeks ago, and that was a free all. And um, yeah, Kotebe gave them a really really good game. I mean, it was a young Hoyikot team, and I think they had a few issues that day. But even so, they gave them a good old good old run around. Um, you mentioned Inter, um, whereas Hoyikot and Cups. Uh, and Honka have played 10 games. Inter have only played six. Um, I've heard of slow start to the season, but it doesn't normally mean literally slow playing the games as well. Well, no, their, their stadium, was the, the pitch was being relayed and there was some work done on the ground. It only reopened sort of in the middle of May. I don't know who's in charge of planning, but it's all a uh, decent pitch and undersaw heating and that and proper. I mean, the, 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 the stadium does hold... UA for games, mm. uh, not the under twenty ones as well, and it's looking pretty decent. But since they've they've come back from their their break, I mean the first four games were all away from home. Uh, but yeah, they they drew a Marham, which is a bad result. But then they beat Hacker at the weekend quite comfortably. Um, Darren Smith got two. He he did quite well at Honka um, the season he was there a few years ago, and um, it weird because up until then, Inter had lost three games of their four. Uh, they had one at Cups, but uh, under Jakob Viss, you know, everyone thought, oh, well, you know, he's a season manager, he's very experienced, but we didn't actually know how good they were. Um, and now we're seeing that, you know, the fixed list was not kind to them in that first four games, you know, away to Cups, away to Asiko, away to Hoyiko. Mm-hmm. Um, But, you know, I mean, they'll, they'll literally be, also 
legitimately looking at, at top six minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if they can get a good run, they've got some good young players there. Um, and if they can get a good run, I think, and, and Vis can really get them going. Because under the, the last couple of coaches, they just looked, again, like you know, jobbing players doing the rounds in Finland. There's some established ones, but they just didn't look like they really cared and were looking for the next move. Um, whereas now, potentially, you've got players like Stavitsky's there. He'd been uh, he'd gone to Con as a, as a youngster. And um, I think if, if, yeah, they should, once they get those games in hand played, they should go back up, at least top half. Yeah, sure. At, at the bottom, we got, uh, from the bottom up, we got uh, VPS Vaza, six points from eight games, um, minus seven goal difference. Then 11th is Lafty, six points from seven games, minus five goal difference. And in 10th, Mariaham, six points from eight games, minus four goal difference. So they're all... All fairly close still. I mean, as we say, only a third of the way there, so there's there's plenty to to play for. Um, but maybe we'll finish this Baker's Liga roundup um, by speaking to one of our listeners, Jamie. I've mentioned before who I uh, I spoke with earlier today. Jamie's living in Tampere. He supports Ilves, and he's going to give us a bit of a summary of Ilves' season so far. So, Jamie. How has it been for you? Um, yeah, it's been it's been mixed. Which, um, bearing in mind how we finished last season, is not such a bad thing. Actually, the form at the second half of last season, in particular, was was relegation form. Um, I've actually arrived in um, Tampere. I've been an Ilves fan for well about ten years or more. But I arrived in Tampere in June last year, and uh, in the ten or nine or ten home games I saw from June. Uh, in the middle of last season, through the end of the season, I didn't see us win once. So it was real relegation form last year uh, and uh, some real iffy performances and, and things didn't look so so bright. And uh, this year there's 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 definite improvements. Um, safely mid-table, I think one, three, drawn two, lost three, scored eight, conceded seven. So like, as mid-table as you can get. But as, as mentioned, compared to uh, the end of last season, a step in the right direction. And I think in particular, um, what's been quite in- impressive is if you analyse the results from, from, from what we've had, we've lost three of the defeats uh, that we've had. We've lost to Coops away, which is no disgrace. Uh, Essie, uh, Essie away, which is no disgrace either, bearing in mind how they're doing. And um, to, to Olu at home, which was disappointing because we were up in that game, but we went down to 10 men and conceded a, a, an unfortunate uh, last kick winner for them so if you look at that it's uh, no disgrace at all uh, still finding our way on the pitch a little bit um, not a huge amount of goals but um, new signings and uh, yeah things are looking in the, the right direction so these are new signings that came in in the close season or have some still been joining recently uh, in the close season there was some signings we um, we uh, brought in, in particular, the two impressive players from uh, from from Cups, uh, Santuri Harola, who was an ex Ilves player, and uh, Otso Virtanen. Uh, Santuri looks really impressive, a dangerous uh, winger. He's take people on decent crosses. He's had a few goals and a few assists already, and I really like the look of him. And Otso looks a really solid keeper. Uh, actually, he he gives me the impression of someone that could be a number one for a, a, a few years to, to come, similar to what we used to have with Mika Hillander, actually. He's at the age where he's at his late 20s, probably not going to get a foreign move now. 
and I think I can see him being a number one for uh, yeah for, for for a number of years, and the type of keeper, barring injury and loss of form, could be playing every every game of the season. He looks really solid. Um, there's been um, uh, I might not be pronouncing this name correctly, but a really impressive uh, defender, stroke midfielder that we brought in from France. Um, uh, his name is. Oh, what is his name? Sadin Ndai. Um, he's listed as a defender, but he looks to be playing uh, just in front of the defence as a defensive midfielder. Makes, makes a few errors. There's been a few kind of loss of possession in dangerous areas, but he's actually really, really good on the ball. Uh, can take the ball out from the defence and transition that into attack really, really quickly. So he looks really impressive. I still think he needs to settle in uh, to the league a, a little bit, but uh, I think he can be a good, uh, solid addition to the, to the team moving forward. And, and what's the feeling for Ilves for the rest of the season? Is it mid-table safety, not be flirting with danger and, and build from there? Yeah, I, I, I as a as a fan, of trying to figure out where what sort of team we are. Actually, we flirted with relegation last year, and if it wasn't for the early season form last year, as mentioned, we could have could have been in trouble. Uh, still trying to figure out what sort of team we are. We we uh, in my time supporting Ilves have been. Fairly consistently top half, won a cup in 2019, had a top three finish and, and were, uh, were a, a, a team that could beat anyone on their day. And over the past few years, uh, with some key player sales and also moving away from our home of Tamala to Ratina, which is a bit of a soulless open bowl, especially when it comes to football, our form's been, um, been, been decreasing a little bit. So still trying to figure out the answer to that one. But uh, for, this, for this year, I'd take a... Solid mid-table, hopefully top half um, of the table. Um, main reason for that is so we can have another game against Saniyoki. It was good to yeah. meet Mark uh, a couple of weeks ago at Saniyoki away. So it's good to finally um, to meet you and the rest of your uh, Saniyoki uh, crew. And I'm hoping that we finish in the top half of the table so we can get a, another away day to SJK at some point later. That would year. be that would be nice. And uh... Give, I, I obviously the stadium there has been, has been there now for this is like the eighth season I think. Um, but you actually got to do first impressions of Saniyoki Stadium when you came up. Uh, just share those with the listeners. Yeah, I, I, I've been to uh, out of the Vakeout um, Liga stadiums and a few of the uh, ones in the leagues below. So I've maybe seven or eight finished football stadiums and. Typically, they're, they're, they're not great, at least compared to what I've been spoiled with growing up in, um, in, in London. Typically, there's one big stand on the side and a running track, which is what Ilves has at the moment. And um, yeah, I was really astounded by the Senyoki Stadium, actually, to have a really tight, compact stadium close to the pitch, four sides, like a traditional English grounds, um, was, was, was great. Um, and actually, not just the, the stadium, which was 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 great. The facilities were great as well to have a, a, a couple of drinks outside in the sun before the game with you and, and, and your mates and also afterwards in that massively huge, impressive bar that we had. Yeah. As well, it's, It was just nothing else like I've seen in Finnish football. I've, I've heard that uh, Vasa has a, a decent stadium and I haven't, haven't been there yet. And I think in, in, um, in Tampere, we're building Tamla Stadium, which will hopefully be ready next year, which I assume will be on a similar um, similar kind of standard and, and, yeah. and structure to yours. But but um, uh, the Bolt Arena, aside for HCK, I haven't seen anything like it. And the facilities in St. Yoki are, are, are more modern and, and up-to-date than the Bolt Arena. So, yeah, amazing. And it's really promising that a team like St. Yoki has that 
infrastructure and facilities and, and hopefully there can be can be more of that across the league uh, uh, in the, the years to come. I would I would have to make my same churlish comment that Vasa has three quarters of an amazing stadium, but there's only three sides to it because they've got one old stand that was protected, but now can't be used. And, okay. you know, so, you know, if, if it was any other club, I wouldn't keep mentioning it, but it's Vasa. It's worth visiting. We, we played them last week actually and uh, came away with a 2-0 victory and I was hoping to uh, I was hoping to get there but I wasn't able to so yeah maybe we'll end up in the same half of the, the table as them which is probably more likely actually the bottom half and maybe I'll get to see them at some point. <laughs> I was going to say you'd have to pick your team because I don't think you'll be finishing in the same half as say Niyoki and Vaza this season anyway. It's, it's going to be touch and go I think we're right <laughs> on that midway point and it, uh, it could go either way. Uh, but uh, no, I'm, I'm um, over this season and the next season, I'm um, planning to go to all of the stadiums, been to, as I said, most of them, or ha- at least half of them now, and, um, and uh, looking to go to uh, the others. So I'll be able to report back on, on how they all compare to uh, SUFO's amazing stadium. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks, Jamie. And can you do one more thing before, for me before you go? For all those that are watching the video, can you just stand up and show your T-shirt? Get in there, Jamie sporting one of the new uh, ta- Tampere uh, T-shirt in Ilves colours. Um, and I think you and I are the only people in the world, Jamie, that have three iterations of the Finnish Football Show T-shirt. So I'll give you a manly fist bump. Fist bump, but then we need to ask why Keke, Rich and Ali and the others are, are a bit further behind. And you get great, de- great uh, deals. Uh, they have the sales on, on the site. And um, yeah, everyone get out there, buy them. They're, uh, they're great. That was all non-scripted. And <laughs> probably from there, we'll go into our, our ad break where we'll show you one, one or two other designs. But for now, Jamie, thanks a lot. Uh, welcome back on again to do this in the future. It'd be good to have some more voices and uh, you're, you're very welcome back. Thanks very much. I'll report back on all of the uh, grounds that I'm going to. That sounds good. See you soon. Take care. See you. Okay, so like like uh, Jamie just showed got the new 2023 FFS team colors t-shirts i thought i'd choose lati because i've got black and yellow jamie's got green and yellow so i thought i'd go with a little bit of something different and uh, you can see the logo there with the finnish football show logo in the background and then the the name of the town not the not specifically the clubs this year but the name of the town um, and what it's also showing at the top of the screen here is that there's a discount. Now, the chances of this podcast and video being published by the time that um, price discount is still valid is pretty slim. Um, but maybe, Rich, you could tweet this out after the after the recording and give people a chance. Um, yeah. And if anything, it just goes to show that the, the prices regularly have these, these limited time offers. We don't control the pricing. Um, it's done with T Public. Uh, we don't have the shirts. T Public will print them when you order them, charge you, and we get a little a little uh, commission on all the sales that go to just help with the the running of the uh, of the show. And this this shows the the classic T shirt, but you've got all sorts of all sorts of things here, uh, all sorts of different shapes. And then if you scroll down, there's other other products there as well. You can get yourself a nice. FC Lati hoodie. More interesting than the team, but that mug looks quite nice. 
the mug has disappeared. But yeah, it does with the with the the new logo wrapping mm. wrapping around the uh, the whole product. Um, ah, it's all gone. Maybe that's yeah. a good point to stop sharing my screen and <laughs> um, and let you tell a little bit about the uh, bias coffee. Uh, yes, buy me a coffee. Uh, we do have the links on on the website and on on the Facebook. It's a uh, in the blog post as well. Your blog post, yeah. You don't get a T-shirt, but you do get our undying thanks and uh, it's a yeah, little contribution to, to what we do. We've had some very generous ones in the past. Uh, normally, the equivalent of what what was a cup of coffee a couple of years ago, pre-COVID and credit crunch and all that. But uh, yeah, and it just goes to pay for you know even we talk about the the website the zoom that we use to record these and the interviews that we have every now and then the instagram stuff that, that kekhead lovingly curates um it doesn't go on buying us trainers or anything although someone did contribute more to me buying a new telly which hopefully i'll have by the end of the year but um yes yeah, it's, it's a nice little thing i mean we, we talked about patreons and all that stuff but yeah we we you know we, we don't want to hide anything behind paywalls so uh, yeah anything every little helps us that shop used to say and if anyone wants any any guidance onto what buying a coffee um kind of how much they might want to donate through buy me a coffee i went to one of the better coffee shops in saniocchi the other day and had a cap a large cappuccino and a slice of key lime pie and it cost 11 euro 60 oh, <laughs> me. yeah quite right so um Oof. If you want to buy a coffee, buy me a buy me a large cappuccino from the Saniyoki <laughs> Town Centre. That would be lovely. Thanks yeah. very much. <laughs> okay, let's crack on with the second half. And I just thought we'd have a bit of a a catch up on the on the Sawman Cup. Um, the Sawman Cup now is in in a stage where it's a little bit more manageable, and you can kind of track who's playing who. And I've I've clipped some graphics from the Palolito website. Put it all in the in the blog post that accompanies this episode so you can see see the scores and i actually managed to get out and watch four sawman cup games this year all very local um actually as we were walking <laughs> walking to the fourth one i realized that i'd i'd watched four games all with different home teams and all of those games were played within about 100 meters of each other I watched I watched Asiko Academy at home to Asiko first team and the academy lost. Then literally 100 metres away, there's the, the small, uh, not small, there's an artificial pitch with a small stand and it's used by Saini Yoki Crocodiles, American football team, but there's also football pitch up there. And I watched uh, Saini and Sisu against Vaza EF Corps and... Sisu lost at home. Then I went to see uh, Apollo, which is affiliated to Asiko's uh, Juniors Association. And they got taken apart by VPS. So this was a, a fifth or sixth tier team against Fake House League team. But VPS Vaza won 11 0 at home. That was quite tough to watch. Um, and then the day after, I saw Asiko's first team. Lose four one to AC Olu in Sawman Cup, so I think it's fair to say I'm a bit of a a bit of a jinx, and I don't really care about Sawman Cup anymore this year. <laughs> <laughs> but was there anything that caught caught your eye particularly, Rich, from the fourth round? Um, I mean, we we had a couple of 
I say use a, a Scottish vernacular pumpings, but uh, <laughs> again, yeah, VPSM Cotepe put 14 past Mupa. Um, I think it might have been the same night actually. There were that was where most of the Vegas Liga teams came in. Um, Tampere United lost to Inter. Um, that was a replay of the 2008 final. Yeah. Uh, so a different Tampere United back then, I guess. Um, yeah. but other than that, I think um, you know most of them came through. You know, the, I mean, as we say, the the round five draw has eleven Vegas Liga teams minus as you call. But um, yeah, I think um, this this is where it's now. You know, it's a national draw. It's open. Uh, we do have one all club into club. You can't call them a derby, can you? If one team plays its own reserves. Um, but yeah, in, Inter are the uh, Inter are the lucky side who benefited from that rule this time, and that's because in the fifth round they're still making if if the academy and the first team are there, they make them play if they both get to that round. Um, so effectively, it should be the sixth round, but because Salpa are in there as well, and Salpa have a partnership agreement with one of them, I can't remember if it's Inter or Inter. Right, two. Okay. I think it's Inter. Um. So they act as a third club in that little group. So then the rules force Inter to play Inter two. Uh, last year they played each other and Inter won ten nil against the uh, men against boys. But, um, but yeah, that that's kind of. I think that's the only time that's going to happen now. Um, it shouldn't happen anywhere else unless Salpa get through their next round tie. Which uh, I can't remember who they're playing actually. I think they're playing Huji of the fourth division. I call it my little uh, my little map here. So uh, yeah, so if they get through that, then they'll play the winner of Inter and uh, Inter two. So Jorge are basically the lowest team now. They're a Nelonen team, a fourth fourth level team, um, and then there's a few Colmenen teams in their third third level uh, or third division teams. Um, so it's worth keeping an eye out for for them, um, and one or two all Vakas Liga teams. Olu versus Haka. What do you call versus Honka? Yeah, there you go. Metro derby there. Well, uh, well <laughs> say that yeah. say that again. So you've got a Metro derby there, but you've also got um, Yi Core against Cups. So um, yeah, of course, one, one for the ages. Um, Savon derby there. So it's a uh, me and Keke will be uh, butting heads on on the WhatsApp WhatsApp group on Wednesday. Yeah, and and Yiko Yvaskula are are back in Ukunen, so you know, I mean, they're they're a way behind Coops. It should be a win for Coops, but um, they're not as far away as they were a few years ago. They they're climbing back. Mm, yeah, definitely. Okay, very very good. We'll uh, we'll update you with how those games went in the in a, in a future. Future see a uh, future episode. Well, the those draw games... for the next round. Oh, those games all played this week, actually. Yeah, so all Tuesday okay. and Wednesday. Uh, the draw for the next round is going to be done on the sixth of June, so that'll be for round six and the quarterfinals as well. Um, so yeah, so um, yeah, it'd be m- nice to see. Uh, say, maybe one of these smaller teams can get through and you know, you call at home or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, then we'll definitely update on the next episode, which will be a couple of weeks' time, because we'll be back talking about the um, uh, Hukuyat Euro qualifiers, and 
looking at my agenda as if by magic i just thought we'd have a little recap of the the ticket sales for the hookie qualifiers um because they've been selling these season tickets for all five home games this year which is i think is a terrific initiative um but it it, it was kind of announced on instagram with a, a lovely little moving video the other day that um they've sold 30,000 tickets for Finland versus Slovenia on Friday the 16th. And that's the game that Sato and I are heading down for. So it should be quite a, quite an event. Yeah, well, Slovenia returned 2,000 uh, tickets as well that's gone back on sale to Finland fans. Right, OK. Um, so, yeah, that, that should sell out pretty soon. And then in the mean, since the last pod update we had, uh, they sold another 5,000 for the San Marino game the Monday after. So that's now, uh, I think, 23,000, yeah. um, that one is. So, uh, so again, probably not a full house for a Monday night. In, in, but even so, it's going to be two-thirds minimum, three-quarters full for that one. I noticed that the tickets for that were cheaper as well, which is mm. right because the quality of the opposition. But if it encourages people to to go and uh, go and check it out. And uh, Sato and I are being joined by one of her friends who... Has got a ticket somewhere and fancies going into the Pogioscare. So <laughs> you know, you know how the Pogioscare works. So yeah, I'm my sure knee's that... still up. Yeah, yeah quite, quite <laughs> right. Yeah, that's why it's, I think it's, we're, we're only going to go once a year now. It takes yeah. about a year to recover. Um, but it's it's great. It's going to be it's going to be good. We're gonna we're gonna be back probably. Yeah, I guess in a couple of weeks' time to look forward to that those, those fixtures. Do a bit of a preview. And uh, hopefully entice Mark Hayton out of hiding to come and talk about the uh, the Finnish national team as well. Yeah, he's like a sort of Tamo Puki now. He he doesn't do club football. He's only there for the internationals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Um, and yet he and yet he has the knowledge that we need for those for those episodes. So, um, I was gonna gonna finish off with a bit of Finns overseas, and this is usually Keke's thing, but Keke couldn't couldn't make it for this episode. Um, any anything that you wanted to um, highlight, Rich, in that in that section? Um, I, I guess sort of following on from the last episode, I think it was the day that your boy and Balo had scored um, was it three or four goals in, in one game. Mm. Um, Venezia actually made it into the playoffs. The Serie B promotion, and uh, yeah, they missed out. I think they got knocked out in the first round on Friday. Um, okay. Boy and Palo ended up being, I think, almost the top scorer, but he won Player of the Month two months in a row. Yes, uh, Oranen also played and, and kept a few clean sheets over the years. So, so fingers crossed next season if they get a better start, um, they might have a better crack at things. Um, other than that, yeah, Pookie's not had a new club yet. Um, Any thoughts about that? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think he's still not, probably not the right time to come back to Finland. No. I think that might be another year, 18 months away. I think. I do, you, know, do you think he could do a job for, but bear in mind, he'll be leaving on a free transfer. Yeah. And he scored, he's a, he's in, okay, a couple of years ago when he was a couple of years younger, but mm. he scored 10 or 12 Premier League goals. Is he worth a punt for a mid table Premier League side? Um, honestly, I, I, I doubt now, I think that at that age, I think they'll be looking if they're going to be 
putting someone in the squad, essentially he's not a homegrown player either, which I think would count against. I think that's that's mm. something that a lot of clubs look at these days. Um, but, but he's I been there long they... enough. He's almost homegrown now. <laughs> Norwich grown, yeah. But um, yeah. well, they, they'll take credit for it anyway. Yeah. But, um, I think um, I, I think for Booger, maybe against not really the right time of the calendars and stuff. But you, you kind of seem like he do, you know, America, Australia, that kind of English speaking league. Maybe okay. for a year yeah. or eighteen months. I don't know how how it would work out in terms of timings. I think Australia's just finished actually, so that might not work. But um, I think yeah, he's still got probably somewhere else in it mm. before I, I mean it's almost certain he'll come back to Finland to, to see out his last I think he's got one more move in him somewhere in somewhere for a short term back to his hometown club either that or, or Hoiko I reckon so yeah I mean it'd be nice to see him in Cortepe but yeah. Uh, yeah hopefully they'll be in Vegas Liga if he does yeah well yeah that's true yeah yeah yeah, but um, um, other than that, I think um, yeah, Leverkusen got knocked out of the Europa League by Roma, and one of the the all time great Jose Mourinho robberies. Um, I think they had one Added shot on goal. List. Yeah, one shot on goal in that whole, whole game. Um, uh, other than that, I've not. I'm sorry, this is normally Keke's remit. Yeah, yeah, he's, sure, it's fine. He's we'll... off remit. I mean, we'll just direct people off to the Instagram page. Exactly. Yeah, there's a link there. The Instagram page is well worth following for your for your updates and your and your news on Finns Finns overseas. And I don't know. I think I think Rich, that's that's been a pretty pretty tidy update. And by the time I edit in those other boys, this will be another another good hours worth of. Uh, Quality finished football content. Oh, some of that. Get that in your yeah. ears. Yeah, exactly. Um, thanks for joining me tonight, Rich. Hey. And listener, until next time, which will be in a couple of weeks, uh, thanks for joining us on the Finished Football Show. Bye-bye. Moi moi. You've been listening to the Finished Football Show. You can find us online at finishedfootballshow.com. Remember to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening or watching. You can follow the Finnish Football Show page and group on Facebook and also on Instagram. See the links in the episode description. You can also connect with the five hosts on Twitter at Explore Finland, at FC Sorby, at Escape to Sorby, at Kekimulari, and at Mano99. Links to the Finnish Football Show merch stores are also in the episode description. <laughs> <laughs>